Welcome to Death and Aliens, an in-depth look at horror and sci-fi TV from two friends who vaguely know what they're doing. I'm MK. And I'm Courtney. And, um, wow. It's been a day. It has been. Um, how have you been, Courtney? I've actually been lovely. I am off of work for Rosh Hashanah, so happy Rosh Hashanah two weeks late or something. I don't know what it is, so... Um, but I, so I rested all day yesterday on my normal day off. Then this morning I got up and I had lunch with Lily and Jason. I went to Queens, found this lovely little place called, um, Oliver's. Oh, cute. It was adorable. It looked like it's been there for ages. So maybe it was there when you were out on Steinway in Broadway. Um, not my neighborhood. So probably was there, but it's lovely. And then, um, went down to Bowery street. And had tea time with Shania, who uh, used to be my writing partner. And uh, we caught up with seen each other in like a year. So that was really fun. And then I just kind of relaxed and hung out. And, and I have branched out because normally I like to drink, you know, like a Coke or something while I'm uh, podcasting. Oh, boy. Well, I found it. A dream world Coke. Okay. Isn't you it disgusting, what? though? I have no idea. I haven't tried it yet. Oh, God. Okay. Take a sip, please. Oh, yeah. But probably, is it chocolate? What is this? I don't know. Dan and I saw it in the store the other day, and he goes, how is that? I go, probably tastes like garbage. I'm not even going to lie to you. Not garbage. Oh, okay. It tastes like Something from my childhood, but I don't know what. Mm. Oh, okay. Flat. Yeah. Um, a lot of times their flavored ones don't have hold caffeine or um, carbonation the right way because of the sugars yeah, this, that they use. This one didn't do that for sure. It did not hold it. Um, I tried to like look earlier and see if it had like, <clears throat> like what juices were in it or whatever, you know? Yeah. It probably just says artificial flavor. It does. It does. <laughs> and natural flavors. Caramel color. Yeah, that's all Coke has caramel color. That's what makes it dark. I know. I don't know what else. It's all of the things. Let's see if I scan this little uh, thing. How was your day? Tell me about your day while I investigate. <clears throat> I, mm, wow. Okay. My day has been awful. Awful. Um. So... <sighs> I got up early, which is terrible because it's Monday and that's rude. It's freezing, which is also rude. Um, it's gloomy and rainy and gross, and it has been all day, which is not acceptable on a Monday. Um, I put gas in my car, but like so broke, I couldn't even put a full tank of gas in my car. So like that's great. Um, then I went to work, and uh, Pip pissed at me. Um, he was not a fan of me this morning. All the kids were like, why is he hiding? I go, I don't know. I'm pissed at him. I'm not opening it. <laughs> They're like, why? I go, I tried to check on him. And I was like, I tried to check on him and he hissed at me. And they were like, maybe it's because you forgot to close the cricket door yesterday. And there was a dead cricket in the corner of the room. So maybe he didn't eat anything. I go, honestly, probably. But like, we're in a standoff right now. Um, then uh, the kids were on crack. I don't know what is wrong with them today. Um, and then 
had a drama rehearsal and that was awful because the kids just like are not putting in the effort for this play that they should be. What play are y'all doing? We are doing a trio of Edgar Allan Poe short stories, which and we're doing it the week before Halloween. And all of that seems like that would be really fun and spooky and right up the kids alley. And they're all like just being little dick bitches about it. <clears throat> then, lovely. Which three are you doing? I'm not going to ask is, a lot of questions today. It's okay. It's the Cask of Amontillado, um, the oh. Telltale Heart, and the Fall oh. of the House of Usher. And the what? The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm, I haven't read that one, but I think I'd love it. But I do know the yeah. first one the yeah. first two yeah Love so it. it's great and they suck and then i um, was needed to leave literally okay drama gets out at 4 30 i was like mm-hmm. if i leave at 4 30 i'll get home at five and then i'll finish Bates motel and then i'll be ready to record right at six <sighs> so when i left work at 5 30 i was not happy and then i got home and i learned that I have a new pet that I did not ask for. That is adorable. I mean, yes, the problem is it is adorable. It's really cute. Um, I hate it because I don't like squirrels, but this one for some reason is really cute and I can't figure out why. But it's also the world's smartest, trickiest, most little bitch-headed ass squirrel I've ever seen because (laughs) it is not afraid of anything. It does not want peanut butter. It does not care about me making noises. It doesn't care about getting close to me. I'm pretty confident at some point he's going to come sit in my lap to film this podcast. And I just need him out of my house so that I can stop having a panic attack. Well, <clears throat> exposure therapy is what I say is best. Well, let me tell you, it's, where it's not working. I'm still scared. I'm sorry. Um, update on my Dream World Coke. Yeah, please. I'll say it tastes like a watermelon strawberry Coke, kind of. Mostly like a regular Coke. <clears throat> it's a bit of a fruit flavor, fruit forward. Um, I'm going to describe it like a wine because I know how to describe wine better than soda. Perfect. Um, It's a little fruit forward, um, aromatic, um, and someone else said it tastes like a yellow Tic Tac. A yellow Tic Tac? That sounds disgusting. I like an orange Tic Tac. Maybe they don't know their colors. Dream World has a fruity and citrusy taste. It's really not bad. I actually kind of enjoy it. Um, oh, you know what? I haven't tried the Dream World Coke. You know what I tried that was really the marshmallow? disgusting? The Starlight. Starlight was nasty. It was like cotton, hints of cotton candy. Oh, no. Yeah, no, yeah. no. Starlight was horrible. All right, well, that's a good one not to get them. Yeah. Um, you can get this one, though. It's fine. Okay. It's fine. Um, I'm drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon. Um, from Dr. Henry James Lindemans. It is um, a Southeastern Australian wine from, where is the year? 2018. Um, and it is 13.5% alcohol. How is it? Um, it's actually pretty good. It, like, I mean, it's, it's the kind of wine that's cheap enough that it doesn't have a cork. Right. But for cheap screw top wine, it's really good, actually. Nice. I'm always hit or miss on an Australian red. Because I don't love yeah. a Shiraz. And a lot of Shiraz comes from Australia. Yeah. I, but, but but it is a cab. It's not a Shiraz. It is a yeah. cab. So it's... I'd give it a go. Yeah. There's very good. few wines I 
wouldn't like give a go, you know. Fair, 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 fair. Um, I tried a drink on Thursday when I went out for my anniversary. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a Paloma first, which, do you know what a Paloma is? I do. Um, Right. Well, you work at a bar. That makes sense. (laughs) They're fine. Um, But I had a Paloma at Rock, Rocket, Rockets. That's what I was trying to say. And they put mezcal instead of regular tequila. And oh, it was no. Awful. No, this was just regular silver tequila with grapefruit juice Excellent. and mint. A little flash of lime. Little, little yep. It was so refreshing. It was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, so Dan and I had Palomas with our appetizers. And then we got this dessert alcohol. And Dan learned the secret of how to absolutely obliterate me if he ever so chooses. Because for some reason that I do not understand, and I think it's probably scientific, but I don't know science. Um, As a teacher who <laughs> yes. Um, when I have alcohol that includes espresso, I cannot function. When I have alcohol that includes espresso, I can't stop drinking it. Um, espresso martinis are like espresso martinis are the surest way to absolutely destroy me. Like if you want me to get so drunk that I will like do horrible things, that's the way to do it. But the drink that we had, the restaurant called it a beam me up Scotty, which is why we got it. Cause of course we're huge well, Star Trek nerds, yeah. but it was, um, Grand Marnier, uh, Bailey's, Kahlua, and I think there might have been vodka and espresso. That's a lot of alcohol. A little fancy. Because the typical one doesn't have Grand Marnier. Yeah. Or Bailey's. (laughs) It was a a lot of alcohol. It was very strong. I thought I was going to die. I love it. It was delicious. But. But. Um, I remembered why I don't have vodka and espresso at the same time. Maybe that's why I got sick Thursday night. You know, I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out what it is that made me sick. Yep. That would, that would make sense. Probably the fact that I once again decided to be an idiot and, give myself heart palpitations by mixing hard liquor with espresso when I have a circulatory disease. Yeah. Do you want to know a secret? What's that? Whenever people order espresso martinis at the bar, we use decaf. That's no, that's so smart. You should. And we don't have to waste our good espresso. No, that, that makes. Oh, truly. That could be life-changing for me you ask for it with decaf. so so this is, this is with decaf. <laughs> well that's what i was gonna say this is what we have to do we i have to experiment by having one that i know is made with decaf and see if it still fucks me up mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i'll make you one okay perfect um oh uh, now that we know that i am borderline alcoholic Mm-hmm. Just because your 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 two drinks made you sick, so therefore you're borderline alcoholic, <laughs> right? Well, That's no, right. just because I, like what have I talked about today other than hating being alive and alcohol? That sounds pretty borderline alcoholic to me. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Um, but <laughs> because, because I hate being alive, what I really need is a little taste of spirituality. Well, good, good that you asked because I just had remembered about a minute and a half ago that I was supposed to be doing that. So I am indeed prepared. Nice. Today. Short and sweet. Kill them with success and bury them with a smile. Kindness, dude. That's what it's all about. Don't kindness be better than them. Kill them with success. You don't have to be kind about it. Just be better. Well, bury them with a smile. That's, mm. that's meant to be a little kind. Yeah. I took that more as, um, what did I say? Oh, my new, my new trademark. I was with Dan and Doug and another, one of their friends, Drew, and we were playing Mario Party. And I just kept pulling the shadiest moves. <laughs> I always do. <laughs> and they were like, we did not expect this from you. I go, oh, I'm cute, but I'm devious. I don't know what you expected. Go, it's all, it's all an act, darling. <laughs> I tell people mm -hmm. that because they're always like, you're the nicest person I've known. Like, great. My sister, my sister asked me the other day when she was here, she said, there are four kinds of people in the world. Looks like a muffin is a muffin. Looks like a muffin would kill you. Looks like they would kill you, secretly a muffin. Looks like they would kill you, would actually kill you. I think I, I don't know, because I think I look like a muffin, but I would actually kill you. But then sometimes I think I look like I could probably kill you. I think I look like a muffin, but I could probably kill you. Yeah, for sure. You're an easy one. <clears throat> um, it depends on your makeup. How fierce your eye makeup is. Yeah. It's true. Right now, I probably look like a muffin. You look like a muffin. You've got your nice teacher shirt on. No. And your, your tame makeup. I know. It's because it's the same makeup I wore to work. I just touched it up. This is the same makeup I've had on all day. So yeah. Yeah, but you wore it at work. <laughs> no, but I wore it all day. I put it on at like 9 a.m. And I was outside. I left for I left for work at 6 30. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um speaking of other things that are awful. Um, <laughs> Stargate. Only this SG1. Not season as a whole. two. Yeah, season two, episode seven. And to be fair, it wasn't awful. It was just not good. That is that is fair. Um, the episode was called Message in a Bottle, which I think is a stupid title. Um, it was rated 7.4 stars, which I think is too high. It's too high, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um it came out on August 7th, 1998. Um, the number one song was the same. The number one movie was the same. But because you inspired me on Thriller Thursday, I also looked up the number one book 
Well, all right. And love and, and the number one book um, on the fiction bestseller list uh, was Point of Origin by Patricia Cornwell. Um, I had never heard of it. It is apparently the ninth book in the Dr. K. Scarpetta series, which is a crime fiction series. Um, I know nothing about it. I have heard of it. I think she still writes. I think I've heard of newer books of hers. I have heard of the series. I have not read any of her books. But I mean, crime fiction in my alley, so probably should look at it one day. Yeah. I mean, especially as a female detective and a female author, like that seems pretty dope. Yeah. Well, it's also, um, oh gosh, one for the money. Oh, that was the first one. I can't remember the name of the series. Janet Ivanovich. Her series. Okay. Okay. Very popular. I have read some of hers. Um, in history, there actually was a huge thing that happened in history that day. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not a good thing, but it's, oh, it's, okay. it's huge. I'll dial um, back then. Yeah. Um, the, there was a huge East African bombing um, in both Nairobi, Kenya, and Dar es Salaam, Dar es Salaam Tanzania. Um, they were bombed simultaneously um, in the American uh, embassies. And the bombing was ended up being directly linked to al-qaeda yeah it's pretty rough um yeah simultaneous bombing was like a an intense thing especially because like kenya and tanzania are not like opposite ends of africa but that's like enough of a spread away that that was super planned yeah and they were and it was the american embassies that were bombed well, that's yeah. a great way to start this episode <clears throat> yeah um aren't you glad we uh talked about coke for a while right <laughs> <laughs> um it was directed by david Wary smith um the teleplay was by brad wright the story was by Michael Greenberg and Jared Paul, both of whom have not written for us before. Um, Greenberg has exactly two writing credits. Uh, one is Stargate and the other is MacGyver. <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. Um, but, he, but he was one of the main producers of the show. So he has been involved in the show before, just not writing, which is probably right. for the best. Um, um, uh, Paul, Jared Paul is actually primarily an actor. He has, um, just about no writing credits. And this episode is the first writing credit he ever had. Um, I feel like for this, like, episode of a couple of different episodes, they were like, here, you're going to write this one. What do we write about? Whatever you want. We'll just yeah. You just, and then, you just make me a story and then I'll put it in there. And then they <laughs> like handed it to Brad Wright and they were like, take this story and make it sound like the characters would actually say these things. And he's like, this isn't the same story. And they're like, yeah, I know. And it's like, alrighty. <laughs> Go. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's where we're at. It's interesting. Good times. Um, our guest star is Tobias Meller. 
Um, he was known for the movies Disturbing Behavior, Young Bloods, and with a tie-in, he was in the 2002 TV movie version of Carrie. Mm, nice little heart. Which starred, in addition, uh, Candace McClure, who you may remember as the lesbian wildlife cop from Hemlock Grove. Which brings us to the actual saddest news in the podcast today. Um, For some reason that I do not understand, uh, Netflix has decided that it will be removing Hemlock Grove from the streaming service. It lasted a good nine years and they don't want it anymore unfortunately it is a netflix original which means that if netflix pulls it there is a very very small likelihood of it ever showing up anywhere else which is stressful and um the article that i read said that it would be pulled on october 22nd so this comes Mm -hmm. out which this episode comes out october 2nd yeah so you have 20 days to catch up on the first <laughs> three seasons of this podcast. You got this. What you do, just watch mm. all of the episodes and then go back and just listen to all of the podcasts. Right, because our podcast is not going anywhere. We will not be taking those episodes down, but like you do need to binge watch. Um, Unless Hemlock you make Road. us mad. And then we might um, never know. Honestly, I might rewatch it just before it leaves because I Perfect. feel... Yeah, I feel very upset about it being gone even though it's terrible okay i genuinely i cried i saw the news article um well a reddit post popped up on my phone and then i clicked on it and i went to the news article and i immediately texted it to courtney and monica because i was like guys what what do i even do yeah so uh if you were waiting (laughs) to watch it now is the time um i am probably going to post about this tomorrow in real time tomorrow so you have like a solid month-ish to watch yeah. show. <clears throat> but if you yeah if you were debating on whether or not to go back and watch that because you joined us for one of the later shows um i'm not going to pretend hemlock grove is the um pinnacle of television performance but there are some really hot guys in it you get and, to see our sweet Monica. Yeah. And see me um, strictly as a wine drinking extra. It's true. It's true. It's very fun, I think. Personally, I'm a little biased. And um, um, you get to see right. me change locations to whatever part of my apartment in Thailand I could handle recording in that day. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a time. It's a wild ride. It's a segment of our lives that is apparently closing. So sad. Oh, that's a real bummer. It is. Um, So, yeah. Unfortunately, uh, we don't get to go from that bummer to a high note because we're still talking about this episode of Stargate. Um, So we begin the episode with people walking on what looks to be the moon. I wanted you to just stop there. We did this episode with people. 
Uh, yeah. Um, they appear to be walking on the moon. Yes, um, I definitely thought it was the moon. So did I. Um, until they started making jokes about it being the moon. And then I was like, oh, probably not the moon. Right. Um, and uh, they are on a planet that um, looks abandoned and um, was probably inhabited at some point, but it's definitely not anymore. And there, but there is this weird electromagnetic signal coming from something, which is why they are there. So they find the EM source that's pinging and it is this weird, crazy gold, like artifact thing. And it is a power source. That's the most advanced thing they've ever seen. And they're like, what could it possibly be? And Daniel just comes up with the most fucking random theory in the whole entire world. And was like, obviously it's a time capsule. Yeah. (laughs) Like, what evidence do you have that suggests that this is a time capsule? <clears throat> yeah, uh, none. The answer to that question would be absolutely none. Um, but he's like, yeah, it's a time capsule. We should take it back. And uh, Jack's like, I don't know. And Teal's like, it, he, he's probably not entirely wrong. So Jack's like, fine, let's do it. But Tilk tells him, I think it was Tilk who said this may have been, um, may have been Daniel, but he says it's either like a power source that's going to last for thousands of years or it kills everyone when it opens. Like those were your options of what was going to happen. And they took those two options and said, definitely worth the risk. I was like, I don't think so. Agreed. Agreed. I personally would not risk it. I'd just be like, great. No power. (laughs) Fine. Like we've been, we've been surviving so far. Yep. Yep. We could probably, like, run some tests out here on this planet. And, like, if we lost all of our power, we'd still survive. Like, you know, it wouldn't be, like, ideal. Like, we'd get cold or we'd get hot. Like, we'd survive. So, um, they bring it home with them. (laughs) And when they do that, they put it in a little cage and this weird electric pulse happens, and they say, fuck it. No they take it back. They take it back. Everything seems to be fine. Except that Jack is being a huge jerk to everyone. Is he, though? He felt like he was being a big jerk to everyone. Um, I thought he was just being smarmy like he didn't seem like he was being like unnecessarily jerky just kind of like dumb oh see like i'm used to him being like like making those remarks in jest and then he made them not in jest it seemed he was like really like stern with like sam and daniel Uh, and i was a little upset oh see i was just talking about like when they first get back and they come through the gate and like hammond's like before they even came through the gate Oh, he was being he... snappy. I don't remember okay. exactly what he said, but he was because he snapped at Daniel, and then Sam was trying to like say like this could be what happened, and he snapped at Sam, and they were just okay. Like, but to be fair, Daniel's a fucking idiot. Well, yeah, but Sam was saying smart things, and he snapped at her too. Sometimes Sam talks to Jack like he's an idiot. Well, sometimes Jack's an idiot. Okay, but to be fair, if somebody talked down to you every time they talked, you'd probably snap eventually, too. Well, that's fair. That's fair. That was me. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I mean, and then they get back and Hammond's like, so how was it? And he's like, you know, one small step, one big <laughs> leap, all that. And I, I thought that's the scene you were talking about. And I was no, like, no, 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 no. I was like, I didn't think that was rude. I thought that was smart me, but like, I didn't no, think yeah. Um, we have a break before he's rude again. Right. Um, then we cut to Sam and Daniel who are investigating the ball and they say, oh, we can add two more elements to the periodic table just like casually. I like almost missed that when they said it. I was like, oh, okay. That yeah. feels big. That's fine. Right. Um, and then, then instead of focusing on the fact that we may or may not be able to add more elements to the periodic table, we take an unnecessarily long time to focus on the fact that this lieutenant has a crush on Sam and Daniel's being all weird about it. Yeah. Who is this guy, though? Like, uh, Lieutenant Graham. This is his first appearance. Right. Like, why do I care right now? Oh, right now. I was like, this is not his only appearance. Sure. Later, I might have a lot of feelings. Well, yeah, but they're introducing him as a potential love interest. But he's, like, hardcore to Sam. And it's like, yeah, we don't even know who you are. Correct. Um, it's kind of adorable, though. Um, mood today because I had I had different feelings. I felt like it was too much. <laughs> okay, well, I don't know. Opinion. Um, mostly, I just kind of felt. I think I just found it funny because um, uh, I feel like I relate to him because, like Daniel was like, clearly he has a crush on you, and then he was like, uh, Captain, we're recording already, and I was like, oh. That would be me. I would be that. <laughs> that I. No. I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, as someone who started dating a guy from work that she awkwardly had a crush on for months and didn't know how to tell anyone about, um, I relate to Lieutenant Graham a lot. So maybe that's why I found it. You were probably a bit more subtle about it, though, if I had to guess. Yeah. No, for sure, because he wasn't even sure. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, then we find out that the writing on the artifact is so tiny that they can't read it, but they think that it's instructions on how to open it. Um, so then, um, they're like, well, what are we going to do? And Hammond is like, okay, I'm going to give you 24 hours to figure it out. And then you're going on your next mission because I don't pay you to sit around here and do nothing. Right. He didn't say that, but he said that. He said that. Um, um, and then Jack comes in in the morning and he's like, hello, campers, it's time to ship out. And Daniel's like, it's not morning. And Jack's like, yeah, it is. I thought he was a little snappy then too. Yes. Um, but I got it. Like, I understood it. Well, like, he wasn't wrong in what he was saying. Yeah. He could have said it a little friendlier. They're, like, besties. Yes, but... Yes, but. They are really close, but at the same time, at the core of their, um, like, d- structure and dynamic, he is their commander. And, like, yeah. if they're not... And if he if he has to pull rank in order to get them to get their heads out of their asses, like he has to do that. Like that's it. It sucks, and it's totally it, fine. I just think he could have said nicer. I think they well, would have listened still. I think that he tried. 
he was like, I want you guys rested, blah, blah, blah. And then Daniel tried to argue with him. And he was like, it's not a suggestion. It's an order. And Daniel still tried to order with him. He was like, Daniel, this is a field team. If you don't like it, then you can leave. And it wasn't the nicest thing, but like, it was because Daniel kept arguing. I get it. I was just fussy with Jack. You were fussy with Jack. And he does not deserve that. Especially (laughs) after everything else he has to go through in this episode. Let's let him handle his business the way he needs to as a general or as a commander who knows his people fine fine believe me i usually think jack's being a prick but like i didn't think so this time (laughs) and i usually don't think so (laughs) um so then the artifact starts to heat up and like freak out and the radiation spikes and they still don't know what it is um so they start trying to like get rid of it so that they can put it in the stargate and then it shoots out spikes and um they're like cool we need to definitely take it back to the moon planet um it's stabbing people yeah uh, well that was just the little spikes yeah yeah and that's when i had the reaction though (laughs) oh well because then they take it to the gate room and they open the stargate and then it like legit stabs people and it pins jack it like shoots a spike straight through jack's scapula and pins him against a wall so i need to understand where it hit because it looked really close to his heart yeah it was basically right here and in in the his clavicle like right through his scapula so like right above the heart yeah right under this bone here yeah which is why Dr. Fraser was like, there's no fucking way that you're not bleeding to death right now. That doesn't make sense. And quite literally was not possible. Um, I had that same feeling. Yeah, no, but so his wound isn't bleeding, which again, does not make sense. And Jack tells Teal'c that he needs to kill the spike ball. Um, so Teal'c brings his weapon. He tells everyone else to leave the room and he starts to get ready. And Sam is like, Hammond, we cannot shoot that ball. What if all it does is send energy to it and it kills Jack? And so then Teal shoots the ball and um, all it does is send energy through it and kills Jack. Like, <laughs> Right. I was like, Sam is the only one making any sense and no correct. one wants to listen to her. Correct. Um, like, it, you hired her as a scientist in the military to do yeah, science but, but she's a woman. Just but science. <laughs> I don't think science is gendered. I don't know. I don't know. Holy shit. Know. Sometimes they listen to Daniel Jackson and he says crazy stuff. So yeah. Um, so then um, Hammond decides he does not give a single flying fuck about Colonel Mayborn and the NID until he can get Jack help. <laughs> I think he was just not responding well to Sam because he just like panicked about Jack. So he was just like, no, no, we're going to keep doing this. And she's like, it's not working. He's like, no, no, this is it. Right. And then, like, you know he's stressed out because he turned, tells Colonel Mayborn that to, he's like, I don't give a damn. It's like, no, you don't. He's like, until I've given them <laughs> another order, this is how it's going to be. Yep. Um, and then oh Daniel, goodness. Daniel starts having all of the fucking guilt because he was like, I wanted to believe that the artifact was something good, but now it's going to kill Jack. It's all my fault. And I'm like, stop being a whiny bitch. You're correct. Yeah. But also like Jack and Tilg were also like, yeah, this is cool. Like Daniel, you're not the only one who made this decision. Mm-hmm. Calm down and get yourself together. Correct. 
Um, Sam is the only one who was against it. Yeah. Um, Hammond locks at the base and initiates a wildfire, which is a um, self-containment protocol. Um, then we go back to the gate room where we find out that Jack has a fever um, and it's because of an infection that is caused by the spike. And they have people in there trying to use like physical welding to remove the spike from the ball because like shooting it didn't work. Maybe if we just like cut that arm of the spike off, but it's really not working either. Um, so Sam gathers a team of basically everyone with any kind of science knowledge at SGC and is like, we need to figure it out. And this one guy is like, yeah, but like it's a weapon. And she's like, we can't assume that. Which, like, turns out she's right, but, like, also, it literally has a spear through the love of your life, who you don't know is the love of your life yet. Truly, but, like, it could be a defense mechanism like an animal has. They, like, shoot out spikes sometimes whenever they're in danger. Which, like, is fair, but then how do you, how do you solve the problem? You still have to do something about it. Well, yeah, but there's no reason to lower our options when we have many um so then janet comes in and she says that the antibiotics are working on jack which is particularly shocking because um it's definitely an alien virus um that is doing some weird chain building thing um and it looks like a flesh eating necrosis bacteria except for that it's not only eating flesh it's also like eating concrete and clothing and stuff which is not doesn't make sense did you look up the antibiotic? The tetracycline? Mm-hmm. No. I did. <laughs> oh, okay. I just knew I knew the word. I just, I'd heard tetracycline before, so I just didn't pay attention I to had it. two, and I didn't know why. So oh, I okay. It up, and it's mostly used for skin infections and acne, which feels very mild for an alien abrasion. Um, that's fair, but most antibiotics can be used for multiple things, and it's just what they are most often used for is different, and also we, she does mention later in the episode that, that she's using that because it's what they have, and they're in lockdown, not because it's the most effective. Mm-hmm. So, Being a but, but that would explain why I've heard tetracycline before, because it's probably an ingredient in, like, proactive or something. Absolutely, it's gotta be. Um, so, uh, they put UV lights on in the gate room to see if how the chains are building across Jack. And then we find out that apparently Graham is also severely infected. Poor guy. Oh, and never heard of before. And on top of that, the, the artifact virus is also affecting the computers because apparently we eat concrete and clothes and humans and computers yes no distinction none at all yes correct um and they have no idea how to fight it fantastic really but you know what you do is you just end an episode and start a new one and all the computers work again so it's fine that's the rule here that that is that is the stargate mo you're not wrong yeah so no worries uh uh, Sam is going to Hammond to talk about this and Hammond asked Sam to be honest with him and he is like about whether or not they can beat it and she said that she doesn't know but she doesn't want to give up 
and they start to consider evacuation through the gate, except for that the organism might follow them through the gate and they don't want to risk other planets and they're all kinds of stressed out. And um, Sam I have to really think the logic through in this section because they didn't tell you any of this. Like, I understood they were on lockdown. But yeah. then they were like, we're going to go through a Stargate. And I was like, to infect some other planet. But then they were like, we're going to, we want to get rid of this thing, but we don't want it to follow us. I'm like, but if it follows you, you can leave it there. I had a lot of. Yeah. Well, the thing is, okay. So the thing is, I thought that, I thought their conversation was pretty well logicked out. Um, Cause General Hammond is like, if people are getting sick, then we need to get them out of here. And Sam's like, but like, what if it follows us? And he was like, well, like there's innocent people on that planet that aren't part of this mission who don't deserve to be attacked either. And they can't just leave the base because at this point, the virus is in the walls of the base, which is why they wouldn't need to use the Stargate to get out. Basically, there is no correct answer. Correct, yes. Um, Teal'c is unaffected because of the symbiote. Which is uh, not surprising. Zero people thought that, that was going to happen. Um, which also explains why Sam is running around doing everything. I was going to say that means Sam should be like fine too. Because um, I was going to say we saw no, but Sam wasn't fine because right. Sam was Sam was getting tetracycline boosters too. Right. But the active symbiote may be a different healing. It might be like because it's actively healing. It's not. Yes, it's not that in you to use the technology. It's separate. Yeah, that tracks. Right, which is also why the Jaffa have like stronger right. healing powers than other people, even of the other like creature mm-hmm. people. Um. So, um, Jack says that Teal can leave and not watch him die. And Tilk says that undomesticated equines couldn't pull him away. Right. And um, it was, and uh, Jack starts to correct him. He's like, Tilk, it's wild horses. And Tilk just looks at him and he goes, oh my God, you made a joke. And it was so beautiful. It was very cute. I don't get the joke. You've never heard the phrase, wild horses couldn't drag me away? Yeah, but like, is that meant to be a joke or is that just like no the joke was that he knew wild horses were undomesticated equines and he said it like that on purpose for jack to i thought he just said it wrong but he was trying to make it a joke and i was like that's not a joke by itself like no he he said it wrong on purpose to make jack laugh gotcha yes (laughs) yes um because obviously because it's a it's an idiom Till wouldn't right. know it. Till wouldn't know it anyway. So he said it wrong on purpose because he did understand the idiom because he's learning. And I love Till. I do too. Um, and so then Jack is laughing and crying um, at the same time because Till told a joke, and it's a beautiful, sad moment. And could you imagine if Jack actually died this episode? Look, here's the thing. <laughs> If Jack actually died this episode, I would just assume he didn't. Because this episode doesn't go with the rest of the show. This is out of place. It's just like, here's an episode, and there it's going. Right. I did also already accidentally spoil on the podcast that um, season two, all five of the main characters are in every single episode. So, like, Jack can't die until at least season three, episode one. Right. 
so it's like fine yeah it's a 10 season long show <laughs> right by the time you um, get to season seven you could spoil it all and we, we would have forgotten correct um, <laughs> what the rest of the world i would have forgotten um so the artifact sets attacks jack again just as they're about to finally set him free and um because they like go to cut it it's almost done and then just shoot straight through I was like, oh, yep. okay, we just rewrote yep. that time. Yep. Um, so then Sam and Daniel are still trying to figure out the message, and there it seems to be warning of an exponential growth pattern, but like it doesn't make sense what the actual warning is about. So they're still very confused. Um, then we go down to the infirmary where Graham is like actively dying and still just wants to confess his love to Sam. And I just, like, still was just, like, who the heck is this guy? Why does he love Sam? In that moment, yes, it was too much. Like, if it had just been the awkward first moment where he, like, kind of right. had a crush and Daniel was being a, a jerk, mm-hmm. fine. But, like, now we're focusing on this man, like, his dying breath being that he loves this girl and we literally have no idea who he is. Right. I was like, I don't, I don't know why this is part of this. Correct. Um... And then somehow Sam figures out that the organism is running on energy and it's like fire. It needs heat and fuel to burn. So she's like, we're going to cut the oxygen. At this point, (laughs) I was like, this is the first time we're realizing it feeds on energy. Like, did we miss that whole first thing where Tilk shot it with energy? And it she didn't because she said it was going to happen, but right. then we wouldn't have gotten all the funny moments. But, like, I knew it fed on energy. I'm not a scientist or a science teacher. I don't know anything about energy. Um, you are trying to logic TV shows. And I don't know if you know this, but funny dialogue, more important than plot. But sci-fi... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It was I was just I watched that and I was like, "What? We're this is all new now?" I, it, this episode, I put three stars. This episode gets three stars at this point. I was over. Um, and then suddenly the computer system freaks out, and they realize that it's involved in the computer system. And then we get to the first place where my notes get really aggressively angry because I write. Despite the fact that the organism has rigged their computers and electricity, Sam chooses to get into an elevator, which gets stuck. Because of course it fucking did. When they showed her getting into the elevator, I was like, this has got to be the dumbest bitch alive. That's how I felt this whole episode. When I understand it better than the SG team. Yeah, luckily the the elevator just happens. To stop on the floor that Daniel's on, who can pry open the elevator because convenience is better than plot. Um, And suddenly, uh, the self-destruct is set to go off in the whole system because um, the self-containment has been broken, which means that they need to destroy it, which means that the organisms have eaten through the concrete enough that they're escaping the base. So, like, we're all fucked. The whole world. Um, Sam insists that um, the self-destruct would be the worst thing ever because the explosion would, in fact, give enough energy to the organisms that they would spread over the entirety of the surface of the Earth, which is the first smart thing she said. 
all episode. Um, um, no. She's been correct most of this episode. She's she got just done there late to the game and didn't stand strong when she should have. She did jack shit about being correct, but she was correct. Right. That's fair. She, she was correct. She just didn't do anything that mattered. So then it turns out they have three hours to fix everything, which somehow turns into like 10 minutes. I'm telling you, those three hours went by in a way that did not make sense. It's like three hours of our podcast. It goes by in 10 minutes. Because you love us so much. Perfect. Um, Jack is taking responsibility for the organism, but Teal reminds him that they're basically at war. Um, because Jack's like, I'm the one, I'm the leader. I'm the one who said we should bring it over here. This is my fault. And Teal's like, We're literally at war with another species that like has greater technology. We take the weapons that we can to try to figure it out, and sometimes we fuck up. Like, that's how wars work. It's not great, but that's what happens. And you can't as an individual person take responsibility for all of that and the fact that this episode with that message came out on the same day as a massive al-qaeda bombing just feels like really fucking intense to me yeah yeah (laughs) because that's the world we lived in in the 90s i mean unfortunately that's still kind of the world we live in. that's what i was about to say sometimes that's the world we still live in (laughs) time Um, yeah but like late 90s really really rough late 90s early 2000s that was a a different kind of war people did not the world should have just ended i mean some good things have happened since then like not a lot but like i wanted it to end oh okay i'm saying like based on how things were going (laughs) right should have just ended um so sam's idea is working and it's stopping the spread and she's like okay but i still need to do more work to figure out how to actually like get rid of it um and then we go to graham who's trying to confess his feelings but he's dying because we needed that scene for some reason um and then suddenly daniel figures out that the organisms are trying to communicate with them because it's flashing a symbol on the computer that's also on the artifact. And Daniel's like, we've been acting like this is a plague, not alien intelligence. And Sam's basically like, strike everything, reverse it, turn the oxygen all the way up. And General Hammond is like, bitch, I have listened to everything you have said. And now you're going to tell me, just kidding, it was all wrong. And you just started to listen to everything she said. No. Mm. Yeah, no. No. Um, um, so that they figure out that the organism may have attacked Jack on purpose to have a conduit through which to communicate. Because again, we're coming to conclusions far too fucking late in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. So Sam, now, is Jack going to have special powers? Probably not. Um, Jack gives Sam the okay uh, to try whatever she needs to in order to figure it out by like a weird rubbing of her hand, which apparently is supposed to signify to us that he's okay with the fact that he might be about to die. Um, yeah, as well. And so then it, Teal starts shooting the orb like a bunch of times. 
until there's enough energy pulsing through it. And then Jack has no pulse, but then just starts talking. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's actually just the aliens. And the aliens are like, hey, we were on this planet. It died out. We protected ourselves by putting us in this little orb. You brought us to Earth. The livable atmosphere was like, ha, ha, ha. And now we are alive and we are taking over your planet. And they're like, we can tell we're in O'Neill's mind. He doesn't want us to be here and you don't want us to be here, but we're not going anywhere. Can we talk about Hammond's um, negotiation skills? Not great. Not great. No, not great. Uh, He's basically like, so we're going to kill you and keep our planet. Is that a deal? They're like, absolutely not, no. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel's like, well, what about all the other planets that we've been to that have atmospheres but no people? Because that's the first fucking time that we thought about that in this whole episode, despite the fact that we've already talked about that in this episode. Right. Um, So then Colonel O'Neill's like, fine, I agree to that plan. I will let you go to the different planet that's uninhabited and you can all go live there and leave our people alone. So the aliens let go of control of the computer so that the Stargate can open back up and they dial the new planet and Jack takes the orb and pushes it through the Stargate and then passes off. This is a very trusting alien being. Like, they're just like, we're going to send you to this place and everything's going to be fine and you're going to love it. And they're like, all right, if that works best for everyone, no problem. Let's do it. I mean, to be fair, the alien replicated in a way where they could see inside the minds of the people that they were, like, inhabiting and inside the computers. So they, like, know that these people aren't just, like, saying some bullshit. Um, And then Jack passes out and they're able to stop the auto-destruct with, like, literally two seconds left. And um, then the episode ends. And honestly, it should have ended, like, 30 minutes earlier. And it was a wasted episode in my mind. Yeah, um, other than introducing us to Graham, who I know will come back, um, I don't think that that episode was worth shit. But, like, also, that introduction was terrible. Fair. Like, I could have waited for that. No, no, you're not, you're not wrong. It's, uh, it's a thing. Uh, I'm just checking to see if there's any trivia. No, I hope there is. Maybe that'll make this episode episode worth something um while i'm looking at the trivia do you have any final thoughts do i i am distraught i was watching this episode i got to the end of it and i just said why why does this episode exist it has done nothing to further any of their relationships it has taught us nothing about their backstories it has not introduced us to a new alien species that will be matter and there was no, like, we didn't get anything. We learned nothing. So. Yeah. Um, those are my final thoughts. The uh, trivia. Kevin Conway plays the unnamed leader of SG3, revealing that for some reason, Colonel Makepeace is temporarily, temporarily assigned or off duty, which is great trivia if I had remembered for a fucking second who Colonel Makepeace is. Well, it fits in with this episode where nothing we understand matters. Um, this is the first appearance of Tobias Mahler playing Lieutenant Graham Simmons in the series, which I knew. 
And then this last one, an alien and very infectious microbe is loose in a secret underground facility. It feeds on energy, protect, protocol wildfire, an auto-destruct is activated that would feed the organism enough energy to let it spread worldwide. Oxygen, carbon dioxide levels are an issue. These elements are all also in the 1969 novel, The Andromeda Strain. So this is just a plot of this episode because it mirrored a plot of Andromeda. Yeah, no. Um, the Andromeda Strain is a book. Um, I don't want the 1971 movie. I want the book, please. Andromeda Strain, novel by Michael Crichton. Of course. No is, dinosaurs, I assume. No. Um, no, no bummer. Not uh, his best work, then. Yeah, The Andromeda Strain is a 1969 techno-thriller novel by Michael Crichton, his first novel under his own name and his sixth novel overall. It is written as a reporting document, is as a report documenting the efforts of a team of scientists investigating an outbreak of deadly extraterrestrial microorganism in, Ari- in Arizona. Um, there's a death metal, metal band that has a song called The Andromeda Strain. Oh, good to know. Good information to have. Um, yeah. There was a 2008 miniseries um, where Ridley Scott directed it, starring Benjamin Bratt as the main character, Like, which would be interesting. But basically, if it's the plot of this episode, I can't watch it. Ridley Scott, remind me. Ridley Scott. Um, I know that name. Because he's a director that is of some renown. Yeah. Um, he directed... Oh, Alien, Alien. Blade, Run- A- Alien Blade Runner, Gladiator, House of Gucci, like Prometheus. Yes, this tracks. Okay. Like a, big, a big, big, big name in the sci-fi world. I did just watch all the Blade Runners, so that makes perfect sense why he's like fresh in my mind. Yeah. Which Blade Runner is also based on a sci-fi novel. It's good. But the series. Well, Blade Runner is um, actually the book do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. He wrote something else I know. (laughs) This is just this is just who's who in the sci-fi world today. Um, I mean, you can't like name all these like named after. I mean, Michael Crichton. I knew it was Jurassic Park off the top of my head. Yes. That one was easy. Yeah. The Man in the High Castle. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which The Man in the High Castle stars Joel De La Fuente. Absolutely. Ah, it all comes back. Here we are. We made Full it. circle. Full circle. What we like to do, make full circles here. Because that's how you, that's how you know how. That's how you play who was that guy with uh, Courtney and MK. And we win every time. Because it always comes back to Joel De La Fuente. Yes. And we use Google. <laughs> yes. Um, so, Courtney, who mm. would you like to punch? Jack. <laughs> I just want to punch Jack. He annoyed me. Um, Daniel. Daniel Jackson is the dumbest bitch alive. <laughs> but he's also the love of my life from the last episode, so he gets a pass this week. Maybe next week I'll, I'll punch him. Um, who knows it'll be a different show next week so to be fair 
when we get to start talking about Stargate Atlantis, you will soon realize that I absolutely give passes for people when I decide that they're the loves of my life, aka all of the male characters on that show. Um, yes. <laughs> every season of every show we've ever done, you've given passes when you find people attractive. This is not, like, new. I mean, we have Alex Romero, who mostly is good, it seems, but not always. Hemlock Grove just all of them, all of them collectively. Um, dead like me, Mason. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would let Mason get away with just about anything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're taking down memory lane now. There, I just, I just love a, a stupid bad boy. And then you ended up with Dan. Who is not stupid not or bad. No, he's um smart he's and good and kind and better than I will ever deserve. But which is good. Is your MVP? I think Sam. She's the only one who even like kind of used her brain, I feel like. That's fair. Other than maybe Janet. I did think about her for a bit, but um I'm torn. I mean, Sam is the obvious first choice. Right. In second place, I'm torn between Janet actually being like a pretty good doctor and like having her shit together and Teal'c making his first real joke. Mm, I did think about Teal'c too, yeah. So like Teal'c making a deliberate joke is pretty big character development for Teal'c and I Mm kind of just, I kind of got to give it to him for that. Because, Jan- because Janet will be kind and use science and be helpful again. Teal'c will never deliberately make his first joke again. <laughs> That's true. And Teal'c wasn't, like, he didn't need to be punished or anything. He was good in this episode, too. He, he was he was just there for Jack. He was, like, yeah. there for Jack and didn't leave Jack's side, even, like, no matter what. He was, right. like, I'm gonna, that's what my job is. I have your six. I have your six always. Like, that's. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That Teal'c is. That was our rough, rough, weird mid-season episode of Stargate. Let's hope next week is better. It probably won't be because, spoiler alert, it's rated 6.7 stars. You're killing me. I really want to like Stargate. Hey, when it's good, it's good. It is, but this season is dragging me down. Yeah, it's. Uh, I believe the next episode is the lowest of the season, and then it goes up from there. That's not saying much. That's true. It's not. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's all I can say. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah so uh that is sci-fi sunday stay tuned it'll get better or i'll get madder honestly, maybe both of those are fun i mean honestly either the show's gonna get better or it's gonna turn into the entertainment level of me and monica hating every single episode of hemlock grove fair fair right like that's that's where we're at, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, well, if you have seen any version of the Andromeda Strain or read the book and would like to comment on how similar it is to this, whether we should watch it or not, um, please contact us at deathandaliens at gmail.com. You can also follow us on any of our social media at Death and Aliens. Please go back and catch up on our Hemlock Grove episodes before Hemlock Grove is pulled from Netflix. Follow me on all of the social medias at E-M-K-Y underscore superstar. And you can follow me at C-E-Cloud 13. We will see you on Thursday. See you. Bye. Bye.